This is essentially who we are on an energetic level. Welcome back to Simply Ayurveda. I am your host, Julia, and today we are going to be talking all about the doshas. I have seriously been looking forward to talking about this topic since the moment I learned about what the doshas were. And I actually remember it was in that exact moment when I knew that I needed to create a platform where more people were able to know about what their dosha is. Because when we know what our dosha is, or our unique mind and body constitution, this is how we can learn how to cultivate our own unique sense of balance. If you are new here, welcome. This is such an exciting episode to begin learning about Ayurveda and your own health. Although, if you are new, then I highly suggest going back to at least the last episode, just so you can catch up to what we will be discussing in today's episode. And so to quickly bring us back up to speed, last week we talked about the five elements and the 20 qualities that make up our entire existence. These elements were space, air, fire, water, and earth. And then the list of 20 qualities was that list of 10 pairs and their opposite. So some of them were hot and cold, heavy and light, sharp and dull. And I'll run us through that whole list as we start talking about it. But basically, we said that one of the main goals of Ayurveda is to learn how we can keep these elements and qualities in their checks and balances. But now the question is, how do we keep them balanced? And how do we know which ones of these elements and qualities are most dominant in our own body and mind system? So all of this brings us to today's topic, the doshas. So let's just dive right in. When we look at these five elements on their own, space, air, fire, water, and earth, when we look at them by themselves, they are just their element. Space is space, air is air, and fire is fire. We get it. But when we combine some of these elements together, like space and air, or fire and water, or water and earth, When we combine some of these elements together, then we get an energy. And we know that energy makes up our entire universe. It takes energy for us to get out of bed in the morning. It takes energy for our body to digest food. Even our smallest building block of life, the atom, is an energy. So when we combine some of these elements together, we get an energy. And so these five elements that we've been talking about, these elements give rise to three main energies inside the body that are referred to in Ayurveda as the three doshas. Now, when we look at the anatomy of the human body, we are not going to see the doshas. Because when we talk about the doshas, we are talking about energies. So one way to think of it is if modern science studies the physical body, then Ayurveda studies the energy body. That's why it's never one or the other. We need them both working harmoniously. 
And so these three doshas each play their own very important role in the body. These are the energies that govern all of our bodily functions. It takes energy for our heart to pump. It takes energy to digest. It takes energy just to move throughout our day. And where do these energies come from? These are the doshas. There are primarily three doshas. Vata, which is spelled V-A-T-A. Pitta, P-I-T-T-A. And Kapha, K-A-P-H-A. Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Each one of these three doshas is made up of a combination of the five elements. So Vata is made up of air and space, Pitta is made up of fire and water, and Kapha is earth and water. We have all three of these energies present and functioning within our bodies at all times. But what makes us unique from one another is that we have our own makeup of how much of each energy we possess. And so this unique energetic makeup, this mind-body constitution, where does this come from? And the answer to that is so heavily rooted in philosophy that even I haven't mastered it yet. But what I can say is Ayurveda teaches us that this unique constitution, this mind-body relationship that we have, is established at our conception. And it's not like genetics that automatically get passed down from our parents, although it can definitely be influenced by our parents. But we carry this constitution with us for our entire lives. This is essentially who we are on an energetic level. And so sometimes a person is born with just one predominant energy constitution, meaning they are predominantly vata, pitta, or kapha. But we also see that people can carry two dominant energies, meaning your dual doshic. So this could look like being a vata pitta, or a pitta kapha, or a vata kapha. When these energies are balanced and working harmoniously, they protect, preserve, and sustain our health. But on the other hand, if they go out of balance, and we'll talk about how this happens later on, when they're not working correctly, we refer to this as an imbalance, and when an imbalance goes left untreated for too long, this can lead to disease formation. So by understanding the level of our doshas means we can prevent the onset of disease. All right, so let's start talking about the doshas. First up is vata. Vata is a combination of the air and space elements. Last week we said that when we have air and space together, this acts like the wind. And what does the wind do? The wind moves. And so this makes vata dosha the principle of movement and dynamism. Vata is the energy behind all action, transportation, and movement in our mind and body system. So let's think about this. When we think of movement in the body, what comes to mind? Let's take our breathing for an example. 
We have the movement of air as it flows throughout our body. We have the movement of our lungs as they expand and contract. We also have the pumping of our hearts, which causes the flow and movement of blood and nutrients. And then we have the flow of elimination, the movement of our cells, our impulses, the movement of our limbs. I mean, there is so much movement that is constantly going on in our bodies. And all of it is due to the energy of vata, air and space. So we know that vata is made up of air and space. So now let's rewind a bit and go back to our list of 20 qualities to see which ones apply to air and space. So now I'll run quickly through the list again. We have hot and cold, heavy and light, sharp and dull, dry and oily, smooth and rough, dense and flowing, soft and hard, static and mobile, gross and subtle, and finally cloudy and clear. So from those, we know that air in space is light, because we definitely wouldn't describe air as being heavy. We know that air is cold. It's also drying. You know, we throw things in the dryer. We dry our hair. We also know that air is very mobile, because we've said many times now that it's always moving. We wouldn't really describe wind as smooth, so then it has to be rough. And so, so far from this list, we can say that Vata's qualities are cold, dry, light, rough, and mobile. And so what does all of this mean for someone who is predominantly Vata? To answer this question, all we have to do is run through that list of qualities again. Vata people are always cold. Vata people are naturally prone to dryness, like dry skin, maybe dandruff, or even constipation, because that's a form of dryness inside the body. And when we use the term light and mobile to describe a personality, this just means that Vata people love to be on the go. Just like the wind, Vata loves anything that gets them moving. So they love walking, talking, traveling. These types of people are great storytellers and are overall just really great at engaging a group of people. Think of these types of people as your social butterflies. And because Vatas love to be on the go, this also means that they love variability in their schedules. This includes their sleeping schedule, their eating pattern, their metabolisms. Everything in a Vata's life is always changing. Even their mind. Vata people love to change their mind. Even if they make a to-do list, they'll be moving things around, taking things out, adding things in, and they're just all over the place, just like the wind, scattering their thoughts everywhere. And so because of this variability, vatas, it's basically impossible for them to stick to a routine, even though these are the types of people that benefit the most from having a routine. Whenever I coach a vata, I always recommend make yourself three routines. Have your main one, and then that way, if you don't feel like doing that one, you have a fallback, and if that one sounds boring that day, you have a third fallback. So, vatas love their options. But this also means that vatas are really creative. We said that space is what allows for all creation, and air is what provides the movement. 
So when we think of this vata energy in the mind, it's essentially creating the space for ideas to flow. I hope we're starting to kind of see the patterns. There are some physical qualities to every dosha as well. We said earlier that vatas are more susceptible to dry skin or dry nails or hair. And this doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Ayurveda never sees anything as good or bad. This is just part of vata's nature. However, if our vata energy goes out of balance and then we start to have too much of it, this is what we call an accumulation of energy. And this is when we start to experience symptoms. So in Vata's case, these symptoms can look like extra coldness in the body, extra dryness, whether internally or externally, and now we're entering the out-of-balance territory. When we have an excessive amount of dryness in the body, this can cause things like cracking skin, cracking joints, which can eventually cause things like arthritis, brittle nails or hair, even constipation is due to dryness in the body, And then when we have extra air and space, this is what causes bloating and gas. When it comes to having a vata imbalance in the mind, this can look like things like anxiety, racing thoughts, feelings of insecurity, extreme worry, feeling ungrounded. And so every energy has their positive balanced qualities and then their out of balance qualities which is why we are learning about them so we can learn how to balance them. One of the most important takeaways from Ayurveda is this principle that I'm about to tell you. Like increases like and opposite attracts balance. We don't put out a fire by adding more fire. We cannot clean up a spill by using a wet napkin. We need water for a fire and dryness for a wet spill. Like increases like, opposite attracts balance. If there is one thing to walk away with from this episode, it's that. Like increases like, opposite attracts balance. So let's apply that principle to what we just learned. What are some simple practices that we can introduce to help our cold and dry social vatas? What is the opposite of dry? Oily. So to help combat the natural dryness of vata, we can make sure that we are cooking with the right amount of oils. Oils like sesame oil, ghee, olive oil, all of these are very Ayurvedically friendly. And for vatas, we would want to avoid things that are very drying. So, for example, starting your day with coffee first thing. All caffeine is drying. Caffeine literally dehydrates your body. And so, if we're consuming coffee, making sure that we're replenishing that hydration, maybe starting our day with a warm cup of water instead of reaching for that coffee first thing. But I know that's a sensitive topic for people. Trust me, I was that girl too who literally couldn't get out of bed without her Nespresso machine. And let me tell you, ever since I started waiting to drink my coffee until I had a little bit of something in my stomach, game changer. Honestly, game changer. I'm not anxious. I don't get the jitters. I don't get the crash. Just trust me. Coming back to what we were saying about Vata, 
So to help Vata's dryness, we want to not shy away from our healthy oils. We also want to prioritize a healthy self-care routine so that we're making sure to take care of our naturally dry skin that Vata's tend to have. We also said that Vata's tend to run cold, so anything warming is good for Vata's, especially prioritizing fresh, warm-cooked meals. Warm-cooked meals with the right oils and spices. And we already said a routine would benefit Vata's greatly since they love to be on the move. This helps to maintain a sense of balance for them. And so all of these are just a couple of examples to get our toes wet with connecting all of these dots between the elements, the qualities, and our bodies. Later down the line, once we go through each dosha, we will talk about specific rituals and practices that soothe each one. We will also talk about what throws each one out of balance. And since that was a lot of information for one episode, I think I'll just dedicate one episode to each dosha. So next week, we will talk about our pittas, the lovely fiery people in our lives. And then after that, we will talk about our kaphas, the grounded and stable ones. If today's episode reminded you of someone in your life, please be sure to share it with them. You never know who could use the healing power of nature. And maybe it reminded you a little bit of yourself. We all have a little vata in us. So thank you all for being here and for giving yourself this time and self-empowerment. I cannot wait to talk to you again next Tuesday.